This is the Morning Drive podcast from Double T 97.3, getting you ready for today's sports day. You know, three of the first four games have been at home, so you know at some point in time you're going to have to venture out outside the 806, so that'll be... That'll start this week. While having a little fun along the way. Always good if you can blame it on somebody else, right? Yeah, sure. Especially some media guy. Sure. Right, some media guy. Catch the show live weekday mornings from 6 to 9 on Lubbock Sports Station. Double T 97.3. Nice to have you with us this morning. Jamie Linton, Jeff McGuire. I'm Chuck Hines. Get this from the Yates Flooring Center chat line. This, this seems to be a wise email for us all to follow a little bit. Okay. About the Texas Tech game, remember, we are playing the most established program in the conference with a team in the first year of a new program. Let's don't freak out if we have less than optimal results on the road as well. Okay? Don't freak out. Yeah. We definitely have not played well on the road. That's, Mm -mm. Mm -mm. I'd like to see that get turned around. Yeah. Uh, the head coach uh, last night on his show, Red Raider Football, with Joey McGuire on Double T 97.3, basically said they want to start better. They have talked a lot about that this week. Um, he said everyone wants to start fast. That's a no-duh, basically. But they would like to start better. Okay? Um, he's describes himself as not a patient person <laughs> okay so he wants to win now um the other thing that he uh that he said which i thought was pretty interesting he said um he never believes the hay is in the barn and by that he means they're always adjusting uh trying to find a way to win every single game even within the game you know, you'll hear coaches say, hay's in the barn kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Hay is never in the barn with Coach McGuire. Mm. Yeah, just just so you know. Um, he said that um, with regard to North Carolina State and Kansas State, that if they would have uh, taken care of the ball better um, and come out even... They probably win versus North Carolina State and Kansas State. And I realize that most would say, well, no duh. But I think also just from the standpoint that feeling like that the, a last possession that they would have had would have been for a chance to tie or lose. No chance to tie or win. Okay. So, I mean, obviously keeping taking care of the football this weekend is a, is a premium. Um, every weekend. Every, every weekend. No, no, no question. Um, he also cited, um, and we've talked about this a lot. Both of you guys pointed this out the other day, uh, with regard to the missed field goal, uh, towards the start of the fourth quarter thinks that if, uh, they made it or gotten a touchdown, uh, it would have been a different outcome. Quite possibly. Um, he also said, um, going back to K state that they have figured out who they are. And he said that he thinks that the two-lane game was helpful for them with that. Um, he said that K-State knows who they are with regard to their identity. And I think you're still kind of looking for that. I think you know what your brand is. Um, the brand is, you know, playing hard and being competitive and continuing to fight, but um they're continuing to 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 grow on on that in terms of their quote identity yeah right right now especially i think yeah i was gonna say right now i think defensively you might have some sort of an identity but Mm -hmm. offensively you're just not doing anything consistently enough to Mm -hmm. say we hang our hat on this yeah right right where you go okay this is we're playing texas tech football so to speak yeah at least offensively I mean, it's the old. I mean, you, you're all, you, you have to have a solid offensive line, and you have your offensive line has to play well. Um, I'm not saying they've been horrible every snap, but it's it's been a struggle. It's been tough, and mm-hmm. um, when your offensive line doesn't perform, it's it's kind of difficult for 
quarterbacks, running backs, receivers, tight ends, whatever you want to say. It just affects everything that you do on that side of the ball. Yeah, he talked about dominating up front and hitting the quarterback. You yeah, know, so we just we're not dominating up front offensively. We are hitting the quarterback some on the defensive side, or at least getting some licks on. But there's been some mm-hmm. times when you have not, even you have not been uh, been able to do that. So speaking of Coach Meyer, McGuire, I don't mean to completely change the subject on sure. you here, but it's just what's your take on? I'm guessing it's the same thing that's going on in the NFL with the analytics going on there with these head coaches going forward on fourth down and and scoring situations and not taking the points. And I mean, just this, I mean, since Sunday, we've seen two teams that basically cost them the game. Yeah. Last night with, with Denver mm-hmm. where they didn't uh, kick the field goal to, to get the tie. Fourth and one from the five. Yeah. Yeah. And then you go back to the Ravens, who had yeah. fourth and goal from the three. Mm-hmm. I don't know about what was it, about three minutes left to go in that game, and they instead elected to throw it into the end zone. It was intercepted, and Buffalo moved down the field and kicked the winning field goal. Yeah, and the Broncos would have tied the score with a field goal on fourth and one. Right, with about what two minute, two two and a half minutes to go in the overtime, something like that. Last night, yeah, or was it? No, it was the end of the game. Yeah, it was in end, the fourth end, quarter. End of the game, yeah towards the end of the game um man i i i think when i think if it's i think when you're inside the if you're fourth and one at the one it's one thing but when you're you know at the five yard line or the three yard line it's it's basically an extra point you kind of when one of those cases take a take a penalty and move it back just a little bit so your kicker has a little bit better of the angle I, i think i'm for taking the points in those in those scenarios for the most part I think you gotta when you have a chance to put points on the board you gotta put points on the board mm-hmm. you know I think that sometimes the gamble is not not worth it I especially it. think the Ravens one was a bad one I mm-hmm. mean they had three yards to go I mean the Broncos had just one yard to go to get a first down they yeah. elected to throw a pass into the end and zone see, that was the wrong that was the wrong play there was to yeah, throw, throw go, the football go get the first down man yeah hand the ball off and hasn't Russell Wilson learned from that? It's, I mean, I don't think it's Russell Wilson's decision. No, I understand that, but I mean, maybe yeah. her, her Russell Wilson's head coach hasn't he uh, learned? He's a new head coach now. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I just uh, the analytics are are changing football a little bit, and it's you can see it's affecting both levels, both college and the NFL. And man, I I just. Uh, I, I'm an old fuddy-duddy. Maybe it just takes me a little bit longer to get used to things, but I'm I'm still not bought in. Mm-hmm. I'm still not bought in. Yeah. No, I I, I get it. Mm. Uh, I get it. But that's not to say that every fourth down that that Texas Tech has gone for, I've disagreed with. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily disagree with the all that much with the Broncos last night. I just... I mean, go, go after a first down, you know, go after a first down. It's hard. I mean, passing that, there's just not a lot of room down there when you're at the five-yard line. Yeah. So it's, it seems like that would be hard to throw for a first down there. And so that's why I'm thinking, man, do you do you not have a bread-and-butter play that you can pick up one with? You're an NFL team. But maybe, maybe you know, I didn't see the game last night. It was 12-9. to 12-9 to nine barn in overtime. Burner, so... Maybe the Colts' defense was really playing well, and the Broncos weren't having a lot of success running the football. I don't really know. Yeah, no, it. I, I, I'm with you. I did not see the game last yeah. night, uh, but I mean, there's nothing but field goals all night long. Twelve, twelve to nine was final. Colts win it. Uh, they go to two, two and one. Broncos are two and three. Yeah, I don't know. So I just, I, I just asked you that question. I just, it's funny how the analytics stuff is kind of changing the sport. Mm-hmm. And we're going to continue to see this, and the, the old coaches are rolling over in their graves. Yeah, you know, watching what's what's going on, and <laughs> clearly, I'm closer to the old fuddy fuddy duddy coach than I am the new age. Let's gamble a little bit more. It, it you know, it tends to turn out. Supposedly, the analytics say it turns out well for you. Yeah, I I um <clears throat> and basically at. I guess I look at it from the standpoint of when it's like 
inside your own territory, if, especially if it's early in the game. Um, so, because somebody asked, "What about your own forty-yard line?" That, that makes me a little squeamish. If you get to the fifty or right on the other side, and it's fourth and three, that's maybe a little bit different. But man, if you're at your own forty, your own thirty-five, your own thirty-two, that make that makes it. And it's fourth and three or long fourth. Let's just say fourth and four, and that's about the maximum of it. Unless you're just really moving the ball and really uber confident, then I'm I'm really uncomfortable with that. Yeah, I mean, early in a first quarter, I'm almost unless you're on the other side of the field, yeah. I'm almost never going yeah. for it on fourth down. I, yeah. And your side, of, I mean, that just feels like desperation to me. Yeah. And I think at times Leach would do it because he was so frustrated with his offense. And it was almost an arrogant comment of like, I, I don't care. We're going for it. You guys have made me so mad. I'm making you stay out there for fourth down. Yeah, I just, it's, it's a bad look. It feels different than right now. Yes, though. it does. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. You're listening to the Morning Drive podcast from Lubbock Sports Station, Double T 97.3, recapping the night that was in the world of sports. A little bit later on tonight, uh, we'll have uh, the Astros and the Diamondbacks. That'll be at 8. And then the Rangers playing at Seattle uh, tonight. And also bringing some humor to your day. Was it pretty big? Yeah. I mean, it was impressive. It's, yeah. Was it fascinating? It was. I thought it was fascinating. It kind of smelled, but I mean. <laughs> <laughs> Hear the show live weekday mornings at 6 on Double T 97.3 or on the Double T 97.3 mobile app. Today is Friday, October the 7th, 2022. Here is Jeff McGuire with his day in sports history. Gonna start in 1916. <clears throat> Georgia Tech, coached by John Heisman. Oh, the John Heisman. The John Heisman. Okay. Yeah, that that John Heisman. Yes, okay. defeated Cumberland, 222 <laughs> to nothing. I think this is like the highest score ever, right? Most lopsided score in the history of U.S. college football. Okay. Hmm. Didn't take uh, a rocket scientist to figure that no, out. No, it really didn't. <laughs> uh, 1928 official marathon runner of the morning drive, Pavo Nermi, runs a world record 10 mile in 50 minutes, 15 seconds flat. 1953. Bill Veck tells the Brown stockholders that he faces bankruptcy unless they drop their suit to block his move to Baltimore, and they comply. 1978, both the American League and National League Championships were both won. Mm. Both of those two series went three games to one. New York Yankees beat the Kansas City Royals, and the Los Angeles Dodgers beat the Philadelphia Phillies. That was a three of three for the Royals against the uh, Yankees there in the 70s. It's the third straight year the Yankees beat the Royals for the right to go to the World Series. Hmm. As, that one was easier to accept because 76 was the Chambliss home run. 77, the Royals actually had the lead going into the ninth and blew it. They put a starting pitcher in as a reliever. And then this this time in 78 didn't feel as bad because it was four games. Mm-hmm. Wasn't hard, wasn't, wasn't as, I mean, the Yankees were really, really, really good. 1984. Walter Payton passes Jim Brown as the NFL career rushing leader. 1989, Oakland A's Ricky Henderson steals a record eight bases in a playoff series. This won five games against the Toronto Blue Jays. And in 2012... New Orleans quarterback Drew Brees breaks Johnny Unitas' NFL record for consecutive games with a touchdown pass at 48 when he connects with uh, Davery Henderson in the Saints' 31-24 win over the, Sa- over the San Diego at the Superdome. It is National Frap Day. Frap? Frap. Frap. What's mm. a, oh. It's the coffee thing. Oh, okay. I that was a Frappuccino. Yeah. That, that's the... Like the upgraded version of a slang. Yeah, I've never heard of frap. Mm. Uh, happy birthday, Red Raider track and field star Divine Odururu. 26 mm. years old today. Simon Cowell, 63. Tony Braxton, 55. Mookie Betts is 30. 
Yo-Yo Ma, 67. John Mellencamp, 71. Yo-Yo Ma? Yes. <laughs> He's been to Lubbock. Yeah. Yeah. When you think of uh, orchestric, <clears throat> or, orchestraic, um, stand-up bass playing, you think of Yo-Yo Ma first. <laughs> orchestra, orchestra. Or, uh, it's when you think of like someone. I don't think who's, I've ever heard that word before. Uh, it's probably not a word. Um, <laughs> I mean, when I'm talking trash with my friends, that's when I think of Yo-Yo Ma. <laughs> I love oh. it. I love it. When you think of stand-up bass, you think of not Yo-Yo like, Yo-Yo but Ma. like, not stand-up bass, but. Someone playing ba- a string bass mm-hmm. in an orchestra, mm-hmm. and like the premier person to ever do it is Yo Yo Ma. I know who I think of when I think of flat bass. Right, that one. <laughs> <laughs> um, Charles Woodson is forty six, and Priest Holmes is forty nine today. And on this day in two thousand three, Arnold Schwarzenegger got a new nickname. We've known his nickname for quite some time as the Terminator. Right. Well, after winning the governorship of California, uh, he becomes the governator. And that is this day in sports history. <laughs> 845. Excuse me. 845. Well, we're done. Jamie, you can go home. Uh, 650-ish this morning on the morning drive. We do this every day at six. 50-ish, and then at 8.45 as well. Uh, Double T97.3 teaming up with the home zone to make your house a home and give you $10,000 that would really, really make your house a home, right? All you have to do is listen right now, 8.45 and 4.45 for the secret word. Go to DoubleT97.3.com, enter it in for your chance to win on November the 18th. The more times you enter, the more chances you have to win. That's Captain Obvious, right? Sure. Okay. Mm-hmm. So today is the seventh day of October, 645. The word is clippers. Clippers. C-L-I-P-P-E-R-S. Clippers. Clippers is your secret word here at 651 on this uh, Friday morning. All right. Uh, somebody is uh, saying to you that Yo-Yo Ma plays the cello. Yes. It's the cello, not the bass. Okay. Very similar looking instrument. But... <laughs> so when you think of cello... Yeah, yeah. You think of Yo-Yo Ma, Jamie. Okay. 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 Again, Yo-Yo Ma has been to Lubbock Mm -hmm. very recently, as a matter of fact, in the last couple of years. Uh, Speaking of uh, Pavo Pavo Nervi? Pavo Nervi. There's an M in there, isn't there? Nervi? Nervi. Yeah, N-U-R-M-I. Nervi. Okay. (laughs) Nervi, Nervi, Nervi. What about him? What's Flying Finn. Flying Finn. Well, this guy did a little math on uh, Aaron Judge's home run trot. Have you seen this? I think it's fascinating. He, this guy did math on this. On his home run trot? His home run trot. His home run trot um, basically is uh, about uh, 24 seconds per home run. Takes him 24 seconds to get around the bases. Okay? Okay. Okay. So... Basically, with his 62 home runs, okay, he ran 4.23 miles. When you think about it, you think about, oh, it's just a home run trot. So then the guy took the the miles, 4.28 miles, or whatever it was, across 62 home runs, put it into a calculator, and came up with 5 minutes and 51 seconds per mile for uh, Aaron Judge. In other words, he gets around the bases quickly. It's not like a slow home run trot. There's no bat flipping or right. arm waving. Or right. He just jogs. He just jogs. Right. He just jogs. Jogs but around. I have a hard time believing he's jogging at that fast of a pace. <laughs> I just th- This guy did the math. I did not do the math. Well, I mean, he doesn't have to take as many steps as everybody else does, though. So yeah, that that's helps. True. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, he's, he's a big dude. Like three steps and he's at second. This guy, <laughs> that's right. This guy have a job that did the math on this? this. Some kind of a sports writer. So, oh, yeah. I mean, he was looking for, looking for another angle. Okay. He's looking for another angle. I'll give you his name. His name is Brian Dalek. Okay. So apparently, he was, apparently, he had some extra time on his hands, Jamie. Oh, so. So, there you go. Good. 
Good for him, right? Mm-hmm. Good for him. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, 6.53 this morning here on the Morning Drive. Thoughts, comments, Yates Flooring Center chat line. Go to WT973.com for that or the mobile app. Benchmark Hotline is open as well at 806-771-0973. That's 806-771-0973. Um, Coach uh, McGuire was asked about his relationship with uh, Coach uh, Coach Gundy yesterday and uh, or last night on his on his radio show. He he, he basically said he didn't know him. Um, he said you know he spent a little bit of time with him, uh, but uh, he said he thought he had a lot of good ideas about building the conference and a lot of good ideas about name, image, and likeness. Um, he said um, he has more history with his staff uh, and knows more of them than he does of, uh, of Coach Gundy, but really hadn't had a whole lot of interaction with him. Took this, the high road. This is really interesting. Uh, I mean, it, Coach Gundy's comments about Coach McGuire, none of them were per se bulletin board negative stuff. Mm-hmm. But coaches usually compliment each other, you know, sometimes to the point where we know it's completely fake, like your former basketball coach who mentioned that every one of them was a Hall of Famer. (laughs) Meanwhile, they're coaching a 4-12 and team, you know, that hasn't made the playoffs in six years. But Coach Gundy saying nothing positive against about Coach McGuire is really interesting to me. Yeah. Really interesting to me. We'll get a couple of those. But I, anyway, he, he was, wasn't was like overly complimentary. He just said didn't really know him. Uh, just before 7 here on the Morning Drive. Your morning dose of coffee and sports. This is the Morning Drive podcast from Double T97.3. Catch the show live weekdays from 6 to 9 on Double T97.3 FM or on the Double T97.3 mobile app. With Jamie Lent and Jeff McGuire, I'm Chuck Hines. Yates Flooring Center chat line is open. Score predictions. And uh, thoughts on Texas Tech and Oklahoma State. So we get you ready for uh, a little bit of tomorrow. 2.30 is the kickoff. We'll have it for you here on Double T 97.3. Jamie, just kind of to, to see what you're looking at from a defensive standpoint. Just the front four for Oklahoma State goes like this. Brock Martin, 6'3", 245, redshirt senior. Brendan Evers, defensive tackle, 6'2", 295, redshirt senior. One Asi. 61310 redshirt senior from Reno, Nevada. He's the only Nevadan on the roster for Oklahoma State. And Reno, hard living, hard playing, hard working, blue collar version of Las Vegas. I mean, I think they just fight in the streets every day in Reno. <laughs> We're going to find out that this kid's the class clown, though. Tyler I was just Lacey. wondering yesterday how many. Nevadans on the Oklahoma State football roster. He's, this is, this, it's, I appreciate you providing that. Sure, I'm, I'm here to I'm here to inform. It came up at the dinner table Did conversation with it? the daughters. <clears throat> and then the other you know, defensive. We're all trying to figure that out. Tyler Lacey, six four, two eighty five, Richard Senior. Um, I mean these guys are impressive. Uh, Martin had six tackles versus Baylor, has fifty four career uh, games played on the. For the team, it's the most on the roster. 26 starts tied for second on the defense. Uh, in his uh, career, 14 and a half sacks, 30 and a half tackles for losses. Okay, yeah, It's an impressive unit. It really it is. is. It, it's the strength of their team. And mm-hmm. it's obviously offensive line is not the strength of your team. So that's scary. You know, Brendan Evers. You, you mentioned yesterday, Chuck, that you were more worried about the offense than the defense and I think that's fair because it just that unit right there it mm-hmm. just feels like when you can do the things that those guys can do mm-hmm. that's going to end up forcing turnovers just to speak to the experience of this team they have nine super seniors on their on their roster and four of them are on the defensive line yeah I mean what what can you what what can you say? So, so they've got they've got an awful lot of experience there. Um, the other uh, defensive end, Tyler Lacey, 
34 tackles last year, the second most on the defensive line with 34. So that that just imposes a big uh, a big problem for Oklahoma State. You know that the quarterback Spencer Sanders, he too is a redshirt senior. Um, you know he's not been just dominant, but he's been good enough. He was uh, the 2021 All Big 12 uh, quarterback. Uh, led the conference in total offense and total offense per game last year. I think he's done a much better job. I think he's always been talented. I just, you know, early on in his career, I think we saw him struggle taking care of the football, which a lot of young quarterbacks do. Mm-hmm. And I think he's done a much better job with that. And I would think the experience plays a major factor in that. Just being able to play that many snaps at the Big 12 level has got to be really valuable. And so I, th- I think he does a nice job with their offense now. Again, I, I, I still don't think he's an you know, elite quarterback. He Probably him winning the conference quarterback of the year last year probably speaks to quarterback struggles in the mm-hmm. conference a little bit. And you've kind of seen in recent years offense that used to be the calling card for the Big 12 conference. Mm-hmm. It's not really been that way as much. You're starting to see teams with better defenses than offenses. I mean, who would ever thought that Texas Tech would, you know, have a defense that's keeping them in games and their offense is what's struggling? But and there are other teams that are the same way. So I I do do think that quarterback play has not been as good in the conference of late. But uh, I I feel like Sanders has just gotten better and better and done a better job of taking care of the football as his career has gone along. And you know they what what Oklahoma State has is it they always seem to have a pretty good offensive line and they always seem to have a really good run game. And when you do that, you can really help out a young quarterback. Again, I mean if you're looking for a recipe recipe or if you're looking in the dictionary for how to make things tough for a young quarterback. <clears throat> okay? Well, have a struggling offensive line and you know have have receivers that you know, aren't playing up to the level that is expected of them. I don't want to blame your running backs at all. I mean, it's but you don't have a consistent running game. It's not not the fault of your backs. Mm-hmm. It's it's more about the offensive line. Just but, not being able to get holes. Yeah, open I mean that's yep. that's what makes it difficult for for young quarterbacks. And I think you're you're doing some of that. And and that's not to say that the the young quarterback doesn't deserve blame because he absolutely does as well. I mean, everybody on that side of the ball is playing into it. But I just feel like Oklahoma State with what they have along the offensive line and their their ground game, which just seems to each and every year they find a different running back to plug in there, and he's good. And that, that that helps out a quarterback a lot. Yeah. And and you'd like to be able to do some of that. Dominic Richardson is their big back. He's number 20. He had um, 170 yard, five yards from scrimmage against Arizona State, 131 rushing, 44 receiving. Uh, he has experience, played in 25 games since 2020. 190 carries, 884 yards, and 10 touchdowns. So he's one of the backs. The other back is Jaden Nixon, and where probably he's most dangerous is on kickoff return. He had a 98-yard kickoff return for a touchdown at Baylor. Okay, And so he is a redshirt freshman. His dad played football at Oklahoma State. His mom, along with his dad, were both on the track teams and has had four cousins play at the FBS level, including Adrian Peterson. That's some good bloodlines there. Sure. You know, um, the guys up front for, uh, you know, Spencer Sanders, I mean, they, they're big. Left tackle is uh, 6'7", 325. Etienne is his name, Caleb Etienne. He's from New Orleans. Um, the, the right tackle is 6'5", 310. The two guards, one's 295, 6'6", and one's 6'5", 300. So they, they go... Redshirt junior, redshirt junior, redshirt junior, redshirt senior, redshirt junior across the offensive line. It's the way you so like basically to have it's a senior laden offensive mm-hmm. line is really what you're what you're looking at there. Okay, so it's uh, it's it's a formidable team. Um, the uh, the receivers to look after uh, Braden Johnson. He's from Arlington. He is a redshirt senior, six foot two hundred five. Leads the team in career and season receiving yards. 11th in the FBS. Uh, 13 career catches of at least 40 yards. So explosive plays. You've got to watch out for him. 
Uh, it'll be good for Texas Tech to have Adrian Fry back. You Definitely. Know, that will help. That will help out. Um, I wonder if he will immediately come back in to be the punt returner as well, with Miles Price banged up a little bit. I thought Miles has done a really good job. Co- Coach McGuire said on Monday that Xavier White was going to do that. That White was going to do it. Yeah, right? yeah. That White was going to be the returner. Um, and then, not that not that looking at uh, kickers is just you know um, all that. Uh, I mean, they've got one. <clears throat> just, so, just so you know. Great. <laughs> uh, I was looking for his bio. I did. Oh, uh, the kicker is Tanner Brown. Uh, 2021 honorable mention All Big 12, four for four on field goals so far this year. Has made all 59 of his career PATs. Say that again. He has made all 59 of his career point after touchdowns. Good. Good work. Oh, you want me to give point after touches? Touchdowns? No, I'm trying to jinx him. Okay, okay, gotcha. Okay, good. Okay. Okay. Has a uh his career long was forty nine in a win over Kansas last year. Okay. So that's uh, a little bit about Oklahoma State. Uh by the way, just a little tidbit on them coming into this game, they've won a school record eleven straight at home. And I was thinking about that going, eleven is really not that impressive, but then Thinking about, oh, well, they play Oklahoma every other year. They play Texas every other year. So 11 is probably pretty good. I think it's impressive. Yeah. Yeah. I'd take that number. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know that Oklahoma State will be looking ahead. Uh, Next week they play at TCU, and then they have Texas for homecoming, and then at K-State. So it doesn't doesn't get any easier for them either. Texas Tech has a bye week next week, and then West Virginia, which – Maybe from a home game standpoint, is your easiest game of the year? As, as it stands right now, maybe? Yeah, I think so. But I'm really curious to see how Kansas responds tomorrow against TCU um, with all the hype and game day and blah, 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 blah. They, they could revert back to KU pretty easily. Would not surprise me if they lost by 21 tomorrow. I'll just say that. Getting your sports day started the right way. This is the Morning Drive Podcast from Double T 97.3, breaking down the biggest games. If Texas Tech does not win the Big 12 Football Conference, who are you rooting for to win the conference if Tech does not win it this year? Well, busting some chops along the way. I hold back on sending you stuff. I mean, I'm very, very, very judicious. We spend three hours a day, five right? days a week together. Why, yeah. do, why would yeah. we need to communicate during the weekends <laughs> right. save we it for the show we, we, save, we do we save it for the show tune into the morning drive live weekdays from 6 to 9 on Lubbock Sports Station Double T 97.3 Jamie's question of the day on Double T 97.3 is presented by Bizarre Solutions call them today for a free cybersecurity audit I'm going to guess what your question is today you're going to guess um, do I uh, what did I prefer yesterday, the brisket or the ribs at the Chamber Barbecue, uh, or the or the uh, special surprise um, that was cooked up, uh, or you're going to ask me what I'm cooking this weekend, <laughs> or something completely different like sports related, or how many guys from from Nevada are on the. Uh... Mm. Nevada, <laughs> or on the Oklahoma State roster? We've already answered that question. Oh, okay. One. So I won't need to ask that. You won't need okay. to ask that question. It was going to be my question of the day, but that changed it. <laughs> All right, go ahead. Fire away. All right. This one, I think, I think it's a tough question. At least it is for me. Okay. So I apologize in advance. Put your prognosticator, your prediction hats on, Chuck. Mm-hmm. Your okay. little half a hat. For you. Sure, my visor. Right. Your visor. I think better with a visor on. Okay. <clears throat> Not who you think it is right now. Mm-hmm. But tell me who you think the top four teams will be in order in the Big 12 Conference at the end of this season. When it's all said and done. I think the top three teams will all agree on. I think the fourth one is going to be the one that's going to be interesting. Okay. Let's see. I think um, I think Oklahoma State's going to win the conference. I'm going to put them at one. I'm going to put Baylor at two. 
I'm going to put um, Oklahoma at three. And I'll I'll buy I'll buy into TCU. I'll put TCU at four. Okay. So we not we don't have the same. Oklahoma State at one. Maybe this is a little biased. Kansas State at number two. I'm gonna go Baylor at three. And because they won TCU at four, I would have Oklahoma at four, but I can't do that. They literally played last week. Two weeks ago. Oh, two weeks ago. Sorry. Yeah. And it wasn't close. It was. It was a touchdown. Didn't feel like close. Uh, I, I do not think one game makes a season. I do think teams have bad weeks. And I think that'll be evident with my number four team. Uh, so number one for me is Oklahoma State. So we're all in agreement with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't. I can't have issue with putting Kansas State ahead of Baylor at this point. Um, you know, with K State two and zero and Baylor at one and one, Kansas State has an impressive win on the road at Oklahoma. So that that to me is is worthy of them being number two. I have in my mind that Baylor is the second best team, even though the resume right now mm-hmm. shows that K State deserves to be ahead of Baylor. But I think Baylor is the is the second best team. Kansas State to me is three. I thought we would all agree on that, so it's I'm glad that we don't. Okay, those to me were the three that I thought were the the gimmies. Jeff and I had them a little bit different. You just you know, skip K-State because that's what you do. Um, well, I just don't, yeah. I think they're going to fade. Yeah, okay, that's fair. Um, me for the fourth team, I, I'm i still not buying into, I'm buying into TCU being better than I thought they were. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to, I just feel like Oklahoma will get it figured out. And maybe they're not the Oklahoma of years past. I get that. It, it appears clearly that they're not. But I think Oklahoma will get it figured out. And so I put Oklahoma at number four. I think the fourth team's hard to me. I, I, you know, you know, I expect it to be a good game with TCU and Kansas this weekend. I, I, I do not think that, uh, unlike Chuck, I do not think that Kansas is just going to, you know, fall apart. They're much better than they were in years past. Okay, they're not top of the Big Twelve conference, good, mm-hmm. but they're they're not just going to fall apart. Uh, so I I I think I will feel like TCU will win a decently close game this weekend in Lawrence, but and at that point, you know TCU's at at five and zero overall, right? Two and zero in conference yeah. play. If mm-hmm. that happens, and I still won't think we really know. I won't be certain about TCU. I just know they had one great day that completely changed everyone's mind, and they put a whooping on Oklahoma. But I, I guess I'm just wondering, was that just a bad day for OU? Was that a really bad day for OU? I don't know. And, and then... It'll be interesting to see how OU bounces back from last weekend. Yeah. And, and then, should Kansas win tomorrow... I don't know that you think dramatically different about them, but you would say, well, they took care of business against what now you would consider the lower half of the Big 12 with yeah, sure, with, sure. The, with West Virginia and, and Iowa State. Iowa looks, State, and Iowa State looks, does not look like a good football team. I think Iowa State is probably, I mean, if I was ranking the back half, you know, you're putting West Virginia probably at the back, and then you're going Iowa State second. I mean, I thought... The Kansas football team that we saw against West Virginia looked like a pretty good team. Mm-hmm. I think the Kansas football team that we saw against Iowa State did not look like a great football team. They just it looked like one team was just a little bit worse than the other. Yeah, yeah. And let's face it. Would you feel how differently would you feel if um, the kid from Iowa State had made two of his field goals? Yeah, and and you lost seventeen to fourteen, as opposed to winning, fourteen to eleven, winning fourteen to eleven. Right? Yeah, you would have. 
Well, I mean, I don't know. It's funny because Kansas's offense looked really good at the beginning of the year, and then they won with defense. But, again, I think that had a lot to do. Iowa State's quarterback did not look good at all. I'll be curious to see how Iowa State bounces back against K-State this week. That game is in Ames. Yeah, I don't think they do. Okay. Uh, K-State is favored by a point and a half. Which is crazy to me. Feels like it needs to be way more than that. Yeah. No, I, I would agree with you on that. And then it feels like that Oklahoma State or Oklahoma and Texas should be closer than Texas favored by eight and a half. I agree. I agree. You know, and so... Especially uh, in a series where it always hasn't been the better team that wins. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's one of those, throw out the records right. when these two teams get together. Uh, somebody wants to know, if OU loses this weekend, they'll be 0-3 in conference team. When's the last time that happened? My, my guess would be when John Blake was the coach. <laughs> sure. You know? Sure. Or Gary Gibbs. That'd be, that'd be, my, that'd be my guess, but be more... More along the lines of um, of John Blake uh, than anything else. Uh, this, I don't think TCU is what they are set up to be. They've played awful teams. Uh, okay. I mean, they the beatdown, well, whether it was a beatdown or not, I mean, whatever you want to call it, you know, um, with with regard to last weekend, I mean, still is impressive. Oh, no, you you got to call that a beatdown. Yeah. yeah. What, what was the final score? 56 what? to 27 mm-hmm. or 24 or something? That's a beat down. Yeah, it was a beat down. Uh, 50, I'm sorry, 55 24. I was I was thinking of I was thinking of another game, sorry. Yeah, I don't, I don't yeah. know how you get around not yeah. calling that a beat. And and it wasn't like it was 27 24 and they yeah. just scored yeah. four touchdowns late in the fourth quarter. Yeah. No, 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 no. They ran away and hit. Yeah, they did. Yeah, I mean it was almost not as close as mm-hmm. the final score shows. Almost. Yeah, I'm yeah. sorry. I just that's, that's I misremembered that. That was a beat down. I just man, I just wonder if uh, I, I'm really intrigued to see this uh, OU Texas game. This Texas looked good beating West Virginia. They took care of business. Do both coaches make it out of this weekend? Oh sure. Yeah. yeah. Oh sure. Oklahoma loses their 0 three in conference. Uh, Texas loses their one and two in conference. You're not going to fire your Oklahoma coach. He's just got there, Brett Venables. You're you're not going to do that. I agree. In Sarkeesian, not, I, I'm I, not saying I'm not saying Jeff it couldn't happen at the end of the year, but not three games in the conference yeah. season. Yeah. OU can afford to pay some guy to go away. They're not if they feel like they hired a train wreck, they're not going to sit on it too long. They can afford to pay him. Your morning blend of sports. K State is uh, coming off a big win over Oklahoma. Of course, the Red Raiders off their 37-34 overtime win over number 22. Texas and humor. Sure to tell them that you you suggested that, <laughs> and of course they got a big laugh. This is the Morning Drive podcast from Double T ninety seven three. Catch the show live weekdays from six to nine on Double T ninety seven three FM or on the Double T ninety seven three mobile app. You'll hear, as uh, Jeff mentioned, in the Sports Center Friendship Football tonight, six thirty. The broadcast time they take on Midland Legacy for you old timers, Midland Lee. Okay, Midland Lee. How long do we have to keep mentioning that? I don't know. I feel like I'm going to maybe, no, I'm, I'm, maybe for the I'm next just I mean, probably old, 10, to, 10, 10 to 15 years. Old timers. Oh. Like like <laughs> you that were around two years ago. Two years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> old timers. It, is... like it wasn't like the change <laughs> happened in the 70s. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's just. Well, no, like I'm not saying that we shouldn't be mentioning it because it helps but give context to the game. Yeah. But when do we I not was, need to mention that anymore? Does it bother you? I I don't I don't like changing I, I don't like one probably should have never named it after him to begin with, okay? Two, uh I don't like I don't like making changes just to be um I think I think it was basically political correctness. Oh, uh, I'm one hundred percent. Yeah. Um you know, it was a long, long time ago. It wasn't like it was last week. I don't know. I, I don't. I have no skin in the game, so I really don't care. I just, just it just seems odd. 
It definitely, they, definitely is that. You know that they call it Midland Legacy. Like, like it's like we're going to remember our legacy. That's what they're telling us. Our legacy is Midland Lee, so we're going to remember our legacy. So why not just call it Midland Lee? Because that's what they're saying is Midland Legacy. What is our legacy? Well, we were Midland Lee. Why don't they call it just Midland South or I, Midland? I think about oil or something. I think about five years from now. People will just be like, eh, whatever. It'll be forgotten. Okay. I mean, I'm not saying that, that's okay. not fair. Not forgotten, but yeah. it will be common for people, and it won't be a big deal anymore. Hey, uh, I got a little something here for you. I mean, it's not. This is for the Amarillo folks, or if you're going to be in business, uh, doing business in Amarillo today, or if you're going to the game in Stillwater today and you're going through Amarillo. Remember, it, the easiest route to get to Stillwater Go to Amarillo, turn left, or turn right. Go to Amarillo, turn right. Go to Oklahoma City, turn left, and then turn right at the exit there off of uh, I-35. Okay, so basically it's straight, right, left, right. You don't like cutting through Wichita Falls? No, I don't. Because, I mean, I've made this trip over the last 30 years a million times, okay? And I've, my last, since the speed limit went to 75, so you can go 80. Um, it's a lot easier to do the interstate, 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 as opposed to all the herky-jerky small towns. And and then you have to worry about the, the pigs and the deer and the whatever else. And the antelope, because they and the bite. antelope, yeah. So, anyway. Well, you know what they say about those back roads, though, Chuck? When was the last time you asked anybody for directions anywhere? Well, people sometimes ask me the fastest route to go, you know, if they're going that direction. You know, they want to know if it's faster to go through Wichita Falls or going through uh, Amarillo and, and Oklahoma City. People have asked me that before. I just, I, I prefer this route than going through Wichita Falls and the stopping and starting and, you know, and having to go around people. Plus, I think it's dangerous. I think that route is more dangerous than going, um, especially if you're driving at night. I, I will not make that trip that way at night. To Andrew Jamie's question, I've asked people where something is, <laughs> like where's this restaurant? Mm-hmm. Oh, it, oh, it's over blank, 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 wherever it is, but mm-hmm. not actually directions. Yeah, without I, looking it up. I um, I agree with everything Chuck says. I like that route better than the the Wichita Falls one. I agree with all that. I just like the last time somebody like needed directions yeah because we all have this thing called a phone i know that tells you the fastest route and gives you all the different options and tells you how long this route is and that route is and so remember we you you used to you probably so that probably that probably bothers you right because then you can't share your expertise with everybody no it's it's probably better because i can't tell you how many times you'd go into like you thought that the convenience store guy was the expert on how to get to something and you'd go in there and then they 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 struggle with that Anyway, my point about Amarillo was going to be this. If you're in Amarillo today, or you're going to be in Amarillo today, around noon, fans are invited to watch the rehearsal as the going band makes a pit stop in Amarillo. Okay? They're going to do that at Dick Bevan Stadium today at 12.20. So if you want to go by and watch them, you can do that. They won't have any concessions, probably. The mean officials from Emerald District won't be there yet to direct the going band in the wrong direction, okay? Or throw a flag on them for having too many tubas on the field, okay? But... Can you have too many tubas on the field? I don't know. I think the Amarillo officiating uh No, I'm just asking. Department I don't know. Would, would tell you that you can. I was never in marching band, so I don't know. Like, if there's a limit to what you can have in each section. Bullfighter wants to know if I know how to work the GPS on my phone. Yeah. I do. I do. Yeah. That's a fair question. Unfortunately, Jeff, um, there are not a flag for too many people tooting their own horn. <laughs> the show would get flagged every morning. Yeah. You're probably right about that. But, um, You're probably right about that. <laughs> Speaking of tooting their own horn, okay, guess who I've heard from this morning? None other than one Choice Woodman. Uh-huh. He, wants, he wanted me to know because I said, you know, after the – Tech won at soccer last night. I said, you know, we can no longer say that Coach Stone, you know, has to be on this show to be undefeated. Uh, he said, we had Coach Stone on. He's undefeated when we've had him on this season, too. 3-0. and 
Okay. Yeah, boy. Uh, somebody That's says funsies. this. Remember when the big joke was that men will not stop and ask for directions? Yeah. Yeah, I remember that. that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, that's fair. That's fair. Mm-hmm. That's fair. Mm. Yeah. Uh, Lynn says this. I think he took it seriously. And I would, I was one of those people that almost never wanted to do that. Almost never wanted stop to stop and do. ask for directions. Yeah. Figure yeah, it out. Just because I, I'm, forgive me, but I'm like, I, I don't know if this guy at the gas station knows what he's talking about. I have no clue. If, yeah. It felt like more times than not, they were like, yeah, I don't know. Did That's you, why I never traveled. I never drove anywhere without like an atlas in my car. Always had like the, the fold-up map. I missed the fold-up map. Yeah. I've got a fold-up map for both Texas and Oklahoma in my truck. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I always had that. And then if I like lived in Lubbock when I was going to school here, I had to fold out one for the city of Lubbock. Okay. And if I was going to the Metroplex, you know, Whatever, when I was living in East Texas, mm-hmm. I had one of those in my car, too. So, Lynn says this, you can have as many tubas as you want. <laughs> Thanks for the shout-out for the Amarillo appearance uh, for the Golan Band, who have never lost a halftime show. There have been, been some that have left me wanting more. <clears throat> but, you know... <laughs> That's Chuck Hines at Raymar Communications. You cannot say that, okay? If you have ever insulted Red Raiders before, you cannot say that. You've just done it the most. Because we've also heard you salivate over A&M's little marching band, okay? Oh, okay yeah. So you put those two things together? Yeah. Boy, that's a that's, double That's when par- people struggle with you claiming to be a Red Raider. <laughs> okay. You put those two comments together. Okay. Yeah. Well, uh, somebody says, why the hate on the Yellow City? Is that what they call Amarillo? The Yellow City? Have you heard that? I've never heard that before. I don't know. An atlas and a buffalo starter jacket. You were all set (laughs) back in the day, weren't you? (laughs) You've been listening to the Morning Drive podcast from Double T 97.3. For more from Lubbock Sports Station, go to DoubleT973.com.